This episode is brought to you by Topper Jewelers. When it comes to getting your hands dirty, few watches are better suited for the task than a G-Shock Mudmaster. Right now, our friends at Topper Jewelers have built a very special Mudmaster kit called the Mud Pack, where a purchase of two limited edition Mudmaster watches, including the reference built for the British Army, scores you a free Mudmaster. Discover the Mud Pack right now on topperjewelers.com and be sure to use the code TENN at checkout to take an extra 10% off the bundle. to the show hi y'all what's going on Kat? oh you threw in the y'all today threw in the y'all extra I'm country feeling it. extra country feeling it yeah why not <laughs> well, how are you i am i'm doing okay so yeah i can't i can't complain i feel terrible if i do complain mm-hmm. i might be going back to work next week still don't know for sure it's like the in between like the not knowing is really stressful because i'm a planner so not having like stuff scheduled out really gets to me same yeah it's the not knowing right I don't know when I'm going back to work I need to know when to like pluck my eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> like all of these other it's, things. oh it's the important things I see I the see the very important things yeah <laughs> the very important I didn't know how many more days I have to work out like a crazy person because I tried my suit on and it's a little snug <laughs> from all this quarantine eating so <laughs> Um, you've been doing really good though like you've been going on runs every day i ate like half a dozen homemade chocolate chip okay so this is why you're going on runs every day this is why i go on runs every day i run because i eat that's it hey it's worth it no it's not (laughs) tell that to my aching body but all right i guess that's it oh how are you because that would be fine for me not i'm I'm the same okay nothing's different Every day is the same day. Exactly. Well, so we have a guest today. We have Cole from Hodinkee. Cole, how are you doing today? I am doing well, and I'll, I'll join you in putting on the country twang and say, how are y'all ladies doing down there today? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing just fine up here. <laughs> that was really good. That was so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was amazing. Yeah, it, everything's good. I'm, uh, you know, just uh, living life. Every day is the same, but interesting, you know? Yeah. They all kind of start blending in together. Do you find like it's hard to tell what day of the week it is? Mm, yeah, for me. But the thing is, like, I, I literally think I was made for quarantine. Like, I like, <laughs> I, I I don't like such a, like you said before, you're a planner or whatever. I'm not. I, I think it's task and execution. And the timeline is whatever, you know, you, you get things yeah. done when you get them done. And as long as they're on time, it's fine. So it's like, everything's for me, fine. <laughs> yeah, it's all fine. You know, what about you guys? I mean, I can see that. I am like this person, though. I have calendar on my iPad phone. I have a little notebook of Same. to-do list. I'm such a planner because uh, that... I'm not. A, I'm, I'm also like I have ADD. 
to me that, that just like a problem. it and we can get to this too like why i like time only watches and everything is but, but like all that stuff is just adding it's just it becomes a burden when you stack these things up right so i kind of like to keep it simple keep it breezy you know you know how it is yeah i do like <laughs> i don't it. know how it it's is good, it's really <laughs> good for like don't. the creative person <laughs> no i i want to be that light and i feel like i'm a very laid-back person in general for the most part but i like I like routine kind of like I don't know I miss I miss going to the gym at a certain time and then you know having this much time to get ready and going I just miss like knowing what I'm doing all day like waking up in the morning and thinking what time am I going to work out because <laughs> I don't know I have all day to do it or also like, what for am procrastinators I yeah it's for bad. procrastinators <laughs> it's bad Kat and I are terrible procrastinators but we so. get it done we yeah. get it done <laughs> barely but we're we getting this done so that's that's yeah, a start yeah you know? exactly <laughs> and i think the interesting thing is now you so in the situation you're describing foreign factors make your schedule for you like the gym is open from you know this time to this time so your schedule is really derived from everyone else but now yeah. you get to make your own schedule which is great you know i need somebody to schedule my life <laughs> right, i can't <laughs> it's too much it's too many choices it's too much going on i don't know but i li- i love your optimism about my schedule i really do i should embrace it a little more but i, don't, I guess it was fun for the first couple of weeks it was nice to have the freedom of it mm. but now i'm just yeah and i miss people <laughs> yeah 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 i get you i do i miss like the people i work out with i miss the people i work with i had to go to work yesterday to meet my boss for a little bit and it was nice just to like I don't know be back in work I guess and see somebody other than cat cats a bit <laughs> awesome to see but yeah. that's awesome you guys have been uh well a first before we go any further I want to say huge congrats for New York Times feature that's sweet oh thank um, you so much and awesome that you've been you know keeping on with uh, the content and so forth through this you know so that's cool it's, it's, it's great to see. Trying to push through it. Well, it's you been, it it's keeps been us a busy. nice, yeah, it keeps us busy for sure. And it's just like, I appreciate the distraction and mm-hmm. I think other people appreciate the distraction right now. Yeah. I mean, we, we have kind of even purposefully uh, turned up the production to, to try and do that. Like now more people are, I, we've seen higher engagement numbers, higher traffic numbers, because I think people are like, what we're doing becomes more important now. As opposed yeah. to, uh, you know, in the pre, pre-COVID world, because it does offer some a bit of respite for people looking for something else to talk about or do, you know? Especially, yeah, especially right now, because like I'll get on Facebook and I think I can maybe last about five minutes on there without seeing just whether it's about the COVID-19 or, you know, politics. Um, I Plandemic. Just, I, I can't last long on there. So I'm immediately back to Instagram, <laughs> back to watches like, yeah. oh, this is so much nicer. I know. <laughs> yeah, no. And- I know. We're, we're lucky to at least have that. Like something I've noticed is like, and I'm sure you guys have seen this too. There is the watch gene and, and that even works for other stuff. Like there are a lot of people who just don't have a passion or like don't have a, a curiosity that leads them to look at stuff on a deeper level. And I think those are the people that are getting on Facebook who uh, get sucked into reposting all this garbage <laughs> or whatever. Like the fact that we have such an interest in something that we can go deeper on is really a blessing. And it shows it that, really you know? is. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to say that the next time anybody calls me out on being on Instagram too much, I'm going to say, this is a blessing. This is my blessing. Don't take my joy. Exactly. Don't steal my blessing. That's right. 
you, you keep your negative vibes over there and do not touch exactly. my joy. Exactly. <laughs> Let me do me. That's right. That's right. That's good. Cole, you should be a life coach. You really should be. Uh, I can't even get my own life in order, let alone anyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you could just get everybody else. It's kind of like like people who ask for relationship advice, and even though your world is falling apart, I mean, it's fine. I don't have to take my own advice to, to give it. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Man, I almost wish that t- my son Tyler were a little bit more like rebellious, because my parents said that all the time, and and I've been wanting to pull that one out. And he just, there's never been an opportunity. Oh, so it's, it's coming. Uh, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> don't, say, don't say that. He's still young. He's so young. Not really, but. Uh, well, so Cole, what? Yes, ma'am. Tell us about you. You are like a man of everything. Like we, you know, we looked at a lot of your background. You've written for so many amazing uh, outlets. Sorry. I told you I was blonde. Like, <laughs> I told you. Like, it's so bad. Um, yeah, I've written for so many outlets and publications, and, and you seem to be involved in so many different things. Like, I know you talked about when we were talking in our group chat that basically after this, you're just kind of going on a road trip by yourself for the next few weeks and, and traveling across the United States. So, yeah. so tell us about you. About me. Well, a broad, broad question, but I guess... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Pick a well, starting what, Let's point. start with this. Like, let's, what brought you into watches? Did you collect mm. them as a kid, teenager? Yeah. I mean, so I guess, uh, all right, th- this is what it was. The real creation story. The thing is, when you think back, there are a million versions of the same story and they're all accurate. Yeah. You just remember different details. So I remember my dad did a family friend's taxes for him. Uh, and in return, like to say thank you, he got us like a subscription to Air and Space magazine. Which is awesome, by the way. Um, yeah. So looking through that as a kid, I remember like seeing like Chuck Yeager's Rolex GMT Master Two advertisements and seeing watch stuff and being and that that's when I first like got into watches. But you can't really you can't engage on the same level that you do now when you have like funding and scholarship available to you or whatever. But back mm-hmm. then, I would say got into it through appreciating it as like a, a young young dude, and then uh, started buying watches in high school and like. Uh, buying Seiko 007 you know the same thing as like everyone that this story is not unique at all I will say that my my watch <laughs> journey is is pretty much like similar to most people who got into it in the watch you seek era um like 2003 to 8 I would say like during that time yeah started buying Seikos started modding them uh and the Seiko thing I mean here here's what's kind of cool that I think is uh relevant is that even as your means goes up over time and you can access more, you know, different watches, I guess, the appreciation for Seiko still sticks. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's not totally a function of like you only have 200 bucks so you can only buy the 007. It's more like <laughs> you you love that watch. So, yeah, uh, I got into it. The first watches or whatever were Seikos and messed around with that and in college i was doing really into fricker cased divers do you guys remember the fricker german case manufacturer like that era of micro brands so and i'm surprised no one talks about this but all right there's this guy well let's talk about it all right let's do it (laughs) um i haven't thought about this in such a long time so it's cool that we're talking about it now but there was a watch called the dreadnought which is like an old submarine or whatever but a watch that time factors put together 
which was a, uh, you know, it's a, very much a micro brand. It's still around. They hired Fricker or they used a Fricker catalog case or, or whatever for this watch. And that was like the introduction for me into Fricker case divers. Back then, people would take like a, at a movement, design a watch, hire a, I mean, they do this now too, but it seemed like it was more prevalent back then. But you had companies like uh, Alpha Time, the Alpha Time Sawfish, the Time Factors Dreadnought, the Mule Glashuta Rasmus. Like there were a bunch of diver. Oh, and uh, Nautic Fish. Bunch of dive companies, dive watch companies making watches that were very similar and had that German vibe to them. So I would collect those yeah. and they were affordable back in the day. Wow, I can't believe the Dreadnought. That was such a legend back then. So you, <laughs> we're Googling right now. Like we're, we're showing yeah, each other pictures Googling, of it. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a big thing back then. And like it sold out. And it was like the holy grail of Fricker cased micro brand divers. So that was the scene I got into. Yeah, it's very like tool, such a very tool watch, utilitarian yeah. watch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was totally like what I. Here's another thing too, and it literally is only recently that I developed an appreciation for dress watches. Uh, like I literally never had that. It took working at Hodinkee to really uh, start appreciating dress watches in, in the way that I just couldn't before. So I was all into tool watches. Um, and then, yeah, I went abroad and I started buying vintage dive chrono aviation, uh, watches and really got deep into that. So, and now my taste is more modern, I guess I would say like I'm into the same watches. I mean, we talk about this whole time, like the same watches you guys like, I, I definitely dig. And I have one that recently has jumped out to me that I'm so stoked to get and put on the wrist. Uh, do you guys want to play a guessing game? What it is? You might get it, you might not. It's modern. It's It just came out like a week ago. It was just announced in like the whole swath of like Basel adjacent or whatever, like all the brands, you know, Doxa, Sin, yeah. da, da 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 There's one watch that no one has really talked about yet, which I think is so cool. And it's from Canada. We'll start there. It's a Canadian oh. watch. Oof. The only Canadian brand I can think of on top of my head is Halios. Is which one? Helios. Helios. That's the only one I could think of on top of my head. That, they do dope stuff too. But this is actually. It's like, but no. It's not that one. <laughs> but no. Um, this I is. I can't, yeah, I can't think of any Canadian brands. The Marathon. Marathon watch. Oh, I see. Oh. I don't know. Of course they're Canadian. Don't they have like the leaf on their they, logo? Yeah. Duh. They, they do, oh yeah. So Those they. Are super cool. Yes, I agree. Do they use. Um, is it tritium loom still? That's right. They use the tritium filled gas tubes. So yeah, those little the the vials that you see of mm -hmm. gas yeah. that are in light. Yeah, that that's kind of their signature. They do incorporate that into all their watches. Um, and they just came out with a thirty six millimeter version of the. All right, so I should backtrack a little bit. Back in the day, I had a TSAR. TSAR was like the tool watch, yeah. the no nonsense yeah. tool watch. You guys know it. So. Now they don't call it TSAR anymore. They call it MSAR. They scaled it down to 36 millimeters and they made the dial white and Ooh. the numerals black. So it is sweet. And I'm so stoked. Like that watch like genuinely gets me excited. So anyway, I think that to answer your question in a long winded way, that was the watch uh, journey or whatever, you know? I forgot where, where we were with the question. <laughs> the <laughs> I thought question. we had just totally moved on. No, this is, this is, Man, see, I should not be talking to you because now I'm just going to be like, I have a really bad obsession with white watches right now. Ah, I love them. And I think it's more legible. It's not more stealthy, but like, 
All right, imagine. So what I am planning on using this watch for is uh, spear fishing, which is kind of one of the things I like to do. And most just of the casually places... go spear fishing. <laughs> Whatever, it's fine. I love it. And you just need to buy a watch specifically for spear fishing. <laughs> well, and I'm sure we're all guilty of this. We kind of come up with like reasons to justify exactly. You know, yep. so any reason. I was thinking. Wouldn't it be cool and isn't it interesting that, uh, you know, most of these military watches are all black and obviously they should be for visibility, but for, you know, concealment and being low key. But a white dial would work better in murky water because unfortunately Mm -hmm. a lot of the places that I have access to and so forth, they're not like the crystal clear Caribbean waters. They're kind of, they can be muddy and so forth. So I think this is going to be the perfect spearfishing watch. So we'll see, you know. No, it looks great. Yeah. yeah, I love that, the gas tubes on those. I know, like, Ball, Ball Watch mm-hmm. does the same thing, and I always, like, really admired that. Yeah. I really want something with tritium. I think it's such a cool material. I don't well, know. It's, it's nice. I mean, I think it's, like, they get a half-life every 12 to 15 years or that, something like that's that. That's right. Yeah, I think they say, um, like, 10 years is the the conservative estimate. But, yeah, yeah. really, like, 15 and it is nice just to have loom all the time. Like, yeah, and yeah. it's, it's just cool. another expression. And what's cool about those, like, I know, you know, the Seamaster 300 has uh, the Bond Diver, the new one. They have mismatch color, like the hands are yeah. one. But on the Tritium stuff, you can have, like, green and orange, which is what Marathon has. An orange vial at 12, green everywhere else. So I like that you can have two colors in the mix, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I just, like, I am... I don't know many watch enthusiasts who aren't, but I'm a sucker for good loom. Um, I think that's one of my favorite things about a lot of my watches. It's not something you notice. Like, I totally forget about yeah, it. Yeah, until you get up at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Or, like, just turn off your, you know, your nightlight. It's it's so nice to see. Um, you're, yeah. a, you're a I, luminat. I should get something with tritium. You should. should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what am I? A luminat. A luminat? Is that a thing? <laughs> that is a thing. Like, it's actually All a right. thing. Like people who <laughs> love Loom and are like obsessed with Loom, I, I'm definitely part of that too. I think the the original Orange Monster, still oh. to this day, the Loom. I've never seen anything with Loom as good as that. And that's, you know, that's Seiko's Lumabrite. So yeah, like uh, you won't see it on any of the Swiss watches or whatever. I think that that Loom is just so bright it hurts your eyes and it's great. <laughs> All right, so buying watches for spearfishing. What let let's talk about randomly justified watch purchases what other activity have you desperately justified making a watch purchase for uh i'm also in the process of that right now actually (laughs) (laughs) but covid kind of derailed it so like like i said kind of getting back to the dress watch thing the sbgk 005 or 007 are like Mm. i'm obsessed with that watch um prior to this year i mean like all the jobs i've had yeah, you got to look good for it, right? But like this past year, I've been doing a lot of like the suit and tie stuff in the city and never wearing a dress watch for that. And I am not all about the rules. Like, I don't think there should be rules. Like you have to wear X, Y, and Z. I, I don't think that's true. However, you know, like if you go on these hooding articles, you'll see all the comments are, oh, you can't wear that with a suit or this or that. <laughs> so I've even started to think, okay, if I'm going to play by their rules or if I'm going to do this, I got to get a dress watch. So I am Fair justifying enough. the purchase of a SBGK007 <laughs> by uh, knowing that I need something to wear for like these engagements. Um, but that that's not very, I mean, that's like kind of uh, standard, right? Like people 
wear dress watches to fancy occasions. Uh, I just have been rallying against that idea for so long. Like <laughs> I think a proper sports watch or like a, even like a no date black dial sub or whatever looks great yeah. with a suit. It, here's yeah, no, the thing. I, yeah. I agree. I like hypocrisy um, when it comes to watches. Like you said, like I genuinely don't think there really are any rules anymore, mm. but I like the hypocrisy of wearing like a dress a nice watch on dress NATO. and then like a sports watch or a dress. Like the only, I think I have one dress watch really the Hamilton and I wear it on a NATO. I've never worn it on the bracelet. <laughs> I wear it on NATO straps all the time. And I absolutely love that look. I just think Me it's too. fun. Yeah. Um, also 10 and two listeners, please don't try and convince us to buy watches mm. uh, <laughs> because we need a dress watch. Like, this pretty please is my favorite. Look, can you see that? Yes. Like, you know, a, a, yeah. a, a nice dive watch kind of hanging off the wrist. Like I love that look, but I agree with you. Break all the rules, you know, whatever. That's we're in a post rule world with watches. And I think that that actually speaks to the fact that watches are cool now. I mean, like like you guys just getting featured in The New York Times like there's (laughs) and you too. (laughs) Not not me personally, but yeah, Hodinkee for sure. Um, Well, I mean, Catelyn, like you wear a suit. Almost every, every day. day. Yeah. And Whoa. you wear your Planet Ocean or your Speedmaster? Yeah, I wear, I wear sports watches with it. I just like it. I don't know. Um, and I mean, maybe it's because like I work around watches. Like People don't look at me any different for it. But I, I just think you should wear what you want to wear. Now, don't get me wrong. If you need the Hodinkee watch fam to convince you to buy a dress <laughs> watch and that's what justifies your purchase, you go for that. No, I, I mean, why not? I know that you don't need it, but it's like a helpful like, Oh, maybe I should do this. Yeah. However you justify it. Well, that's what it is. It's like the the level of speaking engagements and so forth has gone up to the point where like, okay, now I'm going to play by their rules a little bit. No problem. And I'm happy to do that because it enables me to justify buying it. You know, it all goes back to the justification. No, I, I get it. However, it needs to be justified. Yeah. They're never. Yeah. And I mean, the other bit of this that I was thinking about is like, all right. And again, this is not original thought, but when you think about an achievement or an important life moment or whatever, like, all right, I'm, I'm totally single now even, but eventually one day I want to get married, right? I am starting to think now, like, oh, what watch would I wear? Like, you know, <laughs> um, or like when I do uh, the next thing I think is completing my pilot's license. What watch should I mark that occasion? Oh, that'll with? be cool. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That means so, you have to buy a new watch to celebrate that occasion for sure. And the thing is, it doesn't have to be expensive. Like, Yeah, agreed. It could be a GMT Master too. It could. Let's, <laughs> who knows? But it also could just as easily be like a, the Hamilton Khaki Field, I think, is a good yeah. one for that. So, And and you know what I'm also kind of getting into is the idea of engraving case backs. I'm not, I'm not getting into it. I've been into it. But like for myself, I might even do that. I might even engrave yeah. some case backs and, and do all that stuff, you know, so... I kind of like the story that comes behind an engraved yeah. case bag. Like mm-hmm. I, um, I see a lot of vintage pieces, and, and I, I like the idea that somebody cared so much about you know their husband or their job anniversary or whatever to to have the case back engraved. It's just kind of part of the story behind it. Yeah, oh, it's, it's I awesome. like that. Like R- Rolex and Tudor also leave their case backs just super flat and perfect for engravings because they know their watches are going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always like really respected that. And I think that if I did that, I might not flip watches so much. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should start. That's uh, that's a good point. The the once you do that, it's with you for a long with time. With you. 
Yeah, I, I think give you'll it up. still flip it. No, you I'm will. done. I'm done flipping. Okay, and I'm not even flipping. Just no, trading out, <laughs> exchanging <laughs> is what you're doing. That's you're, fair. You're embracing the one in one out policy, which I think is very fair. I try to be fair. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> one in one out, which reminds me, we didn't even do a wrist check today. Yeah. Yet. Cole, what are you wearing today? Um. Well. Nothing. No. Yeah. I, this guy <laughs> you really right came here. prepared. Nice. BB58. Um, so I know, like, for a while you talked about you were only going to wear the BB58 for a while, correct? That is correct. Um, you were doing, like, a one-watch thing or fast or I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, and I'm largely successful at that, to be honest. However, the constant exposure or whatever, like, ideologically, <laughs> I want... So I think one of... The, literally, I think it's my favorite piece ever on Hodinkee is uh, Jason Heaton's one-watch guy. Have you guys read that? Yeah. Yeah. Like I would love to be that person. And I like the, the, there's no way. Yeah. I would too. Yeah. And there's no, no way. way. Yeah. I failed at my own mission, but <laughs> I, I, I tried as hard as I could. Um, and the BB 58 to me really does like check all the boxes. So going back to what we were talking about earlier, like you can wear that watch with a suit. James Bond did the, the watch that it's inspired from or takes elements of or whatever is big crown subs. Right. So I think you could wear, wear this watch forever and be happy but that didn't happen unfortunately but why would you want to wear only one watch forever and be happy Mm, i think it has to do with the unbearable lightness of being and the Tao of poo and the idea of (laughs) simplifying uh yeah but as much as like we all probably want to do that it's just not easy unfortunately it's not i love the idea that being a one watch person that later on in life people will think of me and they'll think of that watch that watch that cat wore all the time i just i love that idea but i can't do it no way yeah or they'll just think of cat wore all those watches exactly (laughs) and then sold them all (laughs) i mean there are characters today in like horology lore that we look at and tie to a particular watch right mm-hmm. but like even that those people even have a bunch of watches too they just have to be yeah. photographed wearing one watch sometimes mm-hmm. you know? well and we're exposed to so much mm-hmm. that's like if it weren't for instagram i could probably do a one-ish watch collection ish like no guarantee. But I mean, you just see so much and that the want is real. And really watches are my only like it's the only aspect about me that's not practical. I'm very practical, very frugal when it comes to so everything else in my life. Like I don't, you know, spend exponential amount of money on anything. I don't have stupid expensive shoes or purses or, you know, anything like that. I drive a very mom car. <laughs> um, but yeah, but the watches, they just they get me. Everyone's for kind no of reason. Nice. Yeah, exactly. It could be worse. I mean, I'm not out doing, you know, anything too bad with my life. You're not. You're not uh, buying, or you're not part of the nation's opioid crisis. You know, I am not part of the opioid (laughs) crisis. So yeah, like things aren't too bad. Um, Kat, what are you wearing today? I'm also wearing a Tudor. I've got my new Harrods Black Bay on that I'm just smitten with. Twinsies. Twinsies. Um, it's funny. I had like a lot of people ask me, they're like, how does it wear? And I actually have owned the ETA, like smiley black bay in the past. Mm. And, um, those are certainly a lot easier to wear. It, 
it, it's bulky, but it wears good. It looks and good I, on your wrist. I had to get my mind around what it looks like versus what it feels like. Yeah. It may look bulky when I look at it from a side profile, but on the wrist, it feels good. And that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. So I think I a agree. lot of people get their mind. They can't get their mind around what a watch looks like. They get so caught up in size instead of how does it feel? Yeah. So what about you? What are you wearing? I'm also wearing my new watch. That part of the the Tudor Cool Kid crew, (laughs) but I'm wearing the the NASA G-Shock that I I I just got. So yeah, it's fun. Why not? Huge congrats to both of you guys for picking those up. Those are super cool. Both of them. We were really happy this week. Yeah. yeah, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. It's been a good it? week. It, it really has been. I'm not. I'm not going to complain about this week at all. Even mm. though this one, I thought was lost in the mail for sure. Yeah. yeah so you you saw the the debacle surrounding this uh, the NASA G Shack, right? No. So yeah. Uh, spill the spill the beans. <laughs> all right, then beans What's are being the spilled right now. What's the tea? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> The all right, a bunch of people ordered the watch and the order was, you know, accepted or whatever. The card was charged and so forth. And then a few days later, they got an email. And I'm afraid that email contained some news that ain't too good. <laughs> and and uh, it turned out they couldn't fulfill the order, unfortunately. So, yeah, a lot of people got some disappointing emails saying, you know, we're sorry, we just can't can't uh, ship the watch. So you're lucky that you got one because. A lot of people didn't, even though they thought they did, you know? Yeah, that would, I wouldn't be disappointed if I went to the website and they sold out, but I'd be pretty pissed if you took my money and I was under the impression this watch was coming and then it, I got an email saying, our bad, we, we miscounted basically. I would be fine if they were like, but here's a free watch because of it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> here's another G-Shock. <laughs> yeah. I think I think a free watch is basically the solution to any life problem. Like I'm about to really get into it with Ray Ban, and if they offer me a free watch, then then I'll be okay. I don't, yeah. Ray Ban, the sunglass company. Yes. Why I are they going to give you a watch though? I don't know, but if they, <laughs> they gave me a free sunglasses. watch, I wouldn't be so I wouldn't be so pissy with them right now. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Oh man. Somebody, somebody get Catlin a watch. Somebody get me my sunglasses that I ordered three weeks ago and haven't even been like shipped yet. In the midst of a global pandemic when shipping is not quite the same. Where is my sunglasses? Chill. I need I need these sunglasses. I, I get so excited about a purchase and I'm very much so like an instant gratification person. Clearly. Mm. <laughs> Don't judge me, dang it. Uh, no wonder like you're not a one watch person you can't be you know <laughs> no there's, <laughs> there's too much out there to be a one watch person too much out there a quick message from our sponsor and friends over at topper jewelers one of the things that all of us can agree on when it comes to Seiko is that for every budget and every adventure, there's a prospect's watch that fits the bill. It's also one of the broadest collections of sports watches from any watchmaker, Swiss or Japanese alike, just full of interesting references waiting to be explored. And with adventure season hopefully right around the corner, our friends at Topper Jewelers have opened up their vault and curated a very special collection of recently retired prospect's watches like the striking two-tone SBEC002 column wheel chronograph, a series of rare blue dial turtles, along with a whole slew of cool Astron watches. 
All of these watches are brand new and come with a full warranty and are available at special prices you'll only get at Topper Jewelers. Head over to topperjewelers.com to explore the Prospects Vault Sale. That's T-O-P-P-E-R jewelers.com. Yeah. So what is that? So you're into big, modern, like, or not necessarily big, but more modern watches. Um, you mentioned earlier that you're a time only fan. Um, like, what is your, what's your kind of go to as far as a style these days, mm. and why? All right, so I'm not only into modern, but I, I guess like the no, you the, have a pretty extensive vintage knowledge and collection. Yeah, I think the taste is just moving towards modern because watchmaking is back. Like, like the the exciting stuff. I do think we were in a bit of a lull for a while there. Um, yeah. But now, like, all right. For for instance, another thing that I do plan on buying. Wow. Now that we're on this podcast, I'm talking about this. Like, <laughs> oof. I gotta reassess my life. But I am planning on picking up the Willard reissue. So I have the original too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Six one zero five. But like that's super exciting. Finally, they got it right. The price is right. Um, Are you gonna go for the green? I am gonna go for green, and I actually yes. So this is Why gonna is green such a color. Because it, it's awesome. It, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm gonna say is gonna really be kind of crazy. But I'm thinking about getting back into the modding game, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I did, you know, ten years ago or whatever. No earlier than 10 years ago like yeah my, you said you were in like high school yeah i was in high school i graduated in that's 2005 a lot. Like, so you had to be in really into watches to start mo- like i feel like right. that's like a very well enthusiast level thing i would say back then yeah yes but it was also like totally a thing like the culture was there you would go on and order parts from yobokis or mark ii um like you would literally order dials and chapter rings like something i did was and many people did you take the chapter ring off of either the 007 the monster whatever and use nail polish remover to remove all of the the tick mark or the hash marks yeah so you create like a sterile chapter ring anyway i thought this new uh willardry issue how cool would that be to have a green dial green bezel and a black pvd case would that be cool or what wow that would be pretty cool all right so i have one taker (laughs) <laughs> green, it, it would be it would be cool i'm trying to come around to green in general and watches it's well, not my it ain't going anywhere girl uh, apparently <laughs> not yeah it's, it's here to stay i'm very disappointed i thought this was the year for gray i was no. super ready for all the gray watches and no green is still here yeah but. you know and i've talked about this before that scene in devil wears prada the cerulean blue or whatever scene yeah the sweater that you fished out of the bargain basement <laughs> thing. Like it's true. The brands actually do decide these, these choices are made like a long time in advance. So yeah, even if the taste kind of changes in the meantime, we, and, and all right, this is a whole nother conversation, but now what's interesting and I'm sure you guys are totally, I don't know how you feel about it, but the product cycle is changing so quickly mm-hmm. and people are going, you know, they're flipping the script and just releasing stuff whenever they want, you know, like, so the fact that like gray is cool, but someone a year or two ago decided that green was going to be cool. So now we're seeing the green watches. Maybe now they can react quicker to changing tastes. I don't know if that's true, but now that there is no Basel that everyone has to wait to release the watch at, they can release things on their own schedule and really respond to consumer demand in a more uh, direct fashion. But yeah, 
Definitely. So, I would love I to see that. I would agree with that for sure. I think that that having it where watch brands just kind of release things whenever you're able to, they're able to be almost more creative too, mm-hmm. instead of trying to rush and get everything done to go out one time a year, you know, you have all year to play around with things and, and see what the trend is and make adjustments to what you're offering. I mean, if, if the trend is a new dial color, like freaking green, you know, you can just do a green dial and, and your best selling watch and it will, you know, it'll sell out or, or be very popular and in demand. So I think it is interesting to see how the market will change um, based on the fact that now brands can do whatever they want. There's no rules anymore. Yeah, we might it's not It's like see... the wild, wild west of chronology. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. No, really. I mean, I think it's being light and being able to respond to, uh, like, I think that's something that micro brands are great at because they're, yes. they, you know, they're nimble. And then the larger guys aren't nimble, but now they probably can be. Like, we might see the death of large scale trends. Like, like, I mean, in the sense of dial colors, like, mm-hmm. na- you know, there, there's not going to be any more me too, not me too in the American context, me too. in like the, you have a green dial watch. I'm going to make a green dial watch too. You know, like right. yeah. we might see less and less of that. And maybe brands will be able to come to define themselves differently through their choices, not being dictated by trends anymore. I would love it if that happened, you know, like Doxa yeah. is, is, aren't you, you're a Doxa fan. You guys are both like. Hardcore yes. docs fans, like very much so. So they they came to define themselves through that the orange dialed watch, right? Like that's their mm-hmm. thing. Um, so who knows? Maybe we can see other brands doing the same thing. That'd be sweet. I love that. Yeah, I I love the idea, but I think that it would be because you don't see a lot of change that happens from your bigger, more traditional brands, and I think that's kind of the frustrating aspect of it is they're so hesitant to embrace change. Um, I mean, you do see obviously they're they're doing so a bit more. You see a lot more social media interaction. You see, you know, events like the Watches and Wonder digital event. Uh, Breitling hosted their own online summit, so. I think that some brands are going to do it and embrace that, but I'm kind of afraid your big traditional brands are, aren't, and they're just going to continue to do their same thing because no matter what, there'll be a three-year wait list to buy their watches <laughs> anyway. So why change it? But yeah. we'll see. Who knows? Interesting, interesting point. I, you're right. I think you're right on the money. I mean, there. I know, but it's okay. <laughs> Thank you for admitting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what else? How about you guys? How about... Uh, I'd like to ask you guys a few questions here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're the hosts and everything, but still like, I- I'm curious, uh, about a little bit like, like for me, I joined an established, uh, voice in the watch world. I joined that. Right. And I didn't really, I was a consumer of media until I was a producer of media. You guys started something like a, a grassroots movement, really a let's talk about Nashville watch scene quickly. And then B yeah what the deal is in terms of like uh podcasts are very much a part of the current zeitgeist and so forth but how did it happen like how did i wouldn't have thought like back in my back you know years ago like collecting and so forth i was always looking for an outlet but never found it nothing ever like materialized it did for you guys so a nashville watch scene b you started a podcast let's talk all right i feel like i'm on a talking watches now (laughs) (laughs) Well, the natural watch scene is growing, I yeah, would say. For um, sure. Catelyn, you've been a part of it longer than I have. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's where we met. But it, It's really interesting to see how much it has grown. Um, I mean, the the there used to be a watch club around Nashville for a long time, but it just kind of fell apart. And I don't think it ever was insanely big. I wasn't a part of that, um, but I had some friends who were. 
Um, and then Nashville Watch Club has been around for, I guess, a year and a half now. Um, you know, the, the watch scene is interesting because for a long time, there were only maybe two or three authorized dealers of watches. Um, but now you see more more jewelers carrying a lot of different brands and things like that. You see more watches when you just kind of go out and about. And I think that just has to do with how diverse Nashville is. Nashville in general is just growing so much. We have people from all over the country coming here, big companies mm-hmm. from all over the country coming here, moving their headquarters here. Um, like I think last year it was one of the biggest, like the fastest growing cities uh, in America. Um, so it, I think that that has a lot to do with the diversity of watches that you're going to start seeing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, I mean, the thing that I love about the Nashville watch scene is the people in the yeah. Nashville watch scene. Um, you know, there, it's just, it's so very Nashville. Everybody is so laid back and easy to get along with. And, you know, we chat online all the time. I see, I see a lot of them, uh, with my job a lot of times and and it's just really nice to be able to hang out and chat and not necessarily just about watches either. Like, it's just like, I don't know, like going to a barbecue with all of your friends. Like everybody's just so fun to hang out with. It's very down to earth. Yeah. One thing, have you guys explored, which I think is you're in a unique position to do so. Have you guys explored the country music intersection with watches? Like I would be curious. We have lots of musicians in the club. Yeah. We do. So lots of musicians. What are they wearing and so forth? You know, like that, that, that would be cool. Yeah. A lot of the, yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the musicians love divers. Yeah. Mm. That would be um, they're cool. big we like to watch like GMTs because they travel yeah. a lot. But yeah, we like we would love. We talked about this in the past. Like if we could get a whole because like we know some people that know some people okay. and like getting okay. them on the show. I know J- like Jason Isbell is a big watch collector. He's here in Nashville. Like we'd love to be able to sit down with him. But yeah, that would be really cool. Just start like. But a we have lots of great people. Thing. Yeah, and that's why I think we clicked so much. When we went to San Francisco because the the Bay Area club was so similar to the Nashville club, yeah. and that everybody's really down to earth and mm-hmm. no one's snobby, and we just we love that. The, yeah, the preconceived notions of those cities are complete polar opposites. You know, I to know. Me, like. yeah, yeah, but the people sure. are but so the- like so kind, mm-hmm. and it is it's it is polar opposites, but. The watch fam is the same. Yeah, I strong. Yeah. I like the the easy, laid back kind of environment. You know, I think that nobody wants to go to an event where you feel like you're not good enough to go to. If that makes sense, mm. you know, I just wanna I wanna go hang out with cool people. Is what I want <laughs> and talk. Like I can talk about watches. And we we're not weird. I mean, people at the bar look at like our <laughs> our like section of the lobby like we're absolutely insane, and I'm okay with that. But like Sorry. our people, um, <laughs> that's what I'm there for. It, you know, I think Justin from Monta he said he says it you know perfectly. Like the watches are great, but but I'm here for the people. Like the people in this hobby are the most amazing people. You know that I've really gotten the pleasure to get to know in a lot of other aspects of my life. So. Um, yeah, I just enjoy the commodity that comes out of Nashville. Absolutely. Mm. I got to I got to do it. I got to go down there and check you it out. Do. Yes. Uh, uh, Someday. And you guys have to come check out the New York scene. I know wind up and so forth, but really it, it goes well beyond that. Of course, the New York yeah. scene is, I will say, I actually am. I'm not really a New York guy. I'm, I'm here because work is here and so forth, but, yeah. um, the scene itself is is cool and, and like the and it, the same thing all these things we're saying are reflective of the scene everywhere when it comes to watches um yeah that the people are really what make it interesting and the cross-section of like crazy like you have 
we have such a diverse group of folks into watches. Like I'm also pretty hard into the car scene. Yeah. And I will say that in the car scene, there are definitely tropes or character profiles that seem to happen. Watches, you don't get that. Like you go to a car meetup, like cars and coffee, we do Sunday mornings, right? Right. You will get carbon copies of the same dude. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you really will. Um, the watch world, you walk in, you know, at Red Bar or whatever, everyone literally comes from super diverse backgrounds. So that is what's cool about this hobby, too, that you don't really get like uh, these like archetypal characters in, in the watch world. Like you think about the thought leaders like we're I'm not saying I'm a thought leader, but think like you and I are on a podcast together. Right. Totally. Like, would this ever happen if it weren't for watches? Like, would I ever get to talk uh, to you guys? Yeah. No, probably not. But brought us together so that that's something there you go i love it watches brought me and cat together exactly yeah crazy so yeah i guess going into like part b oh yeah i forgot about that (laughs) the podcast yeah yeah so that's Um, a great segue yeah (laughs) well so i like as a female watch collector for a long time i quickly realized that there wasn't a lot of um, female presence in the hobby whether it was on Instagram, Facebook groups, I was part of forums, Watch You Seek, and I was, you know, riding away on like the ladies forum on there, and then I'd get like one response, and that was it. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a ladies forum. There is a ladies there. forum. Um, there is, and I've actually met a couple of people from there that are really great, but I, I began to realize that I wanted to do something. I wanted to just put out some sort of content from my perspective. Um, I was collecting for at least maybe a year, year and a half on my own. And I'd gone through a lot of watches and I felt like, okay, maybe I want to put my word out there. Mm. And so I thought about a blog and I'm a terribly slow writer. So <laughs> I was like, I don't have the time for that. <laughs> thought about doing a YouTube channel because YouTube like was really big. And I did a test run and I put a camera in front of myself and I couldn't stand watching it. I just, I can't look at myself. <laughs> Um, so I thought, okay, I was, I was getting into podcasts. I was listening to Hadinki. I was listening to Worn and Wound, um, the Grey NATO. And I was like, oh, maybe I could do this. Like, this is a good thing I can start up, but I obviously needed a co-host and I wanted it to be a female. Mm. And me and Catelyn were friends for a while on Instagram, probably like a year. Yeah. And just chit chatted here and there, little DM. And then she convinced me to come out to a Nashville watch club meetup. And I already had in my head that I wanted to do the podcast I did like a test run with Catelyn she didn't even know (laughs) I was like I'm gonna meet her I'm gonna like just see how it goes and like we clicked yeah and um that was it I asked her like I asked for coffee (laughs) okay okay you guys are vibing things are going that's where we're vibing (laughs) yeah at the coffee shop ah that's amazing that yeah I mean that's really good I guess the cool thing about that is just a super organic story like yeah 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 that's that's awesome and and i i've enjoyed your uh content and so forth and Thank love you. the take i i think something the the female watch collector segment is here here's one we'll zoom out really quick like i personally think that even calling it a segment for me i make no distinction anymore personally because mm-hmm. it's been so like it's uh you know like we're all just watch collectors for sure exactly mm-hmm. the female watch collector segment if you want to call it that like I know I just said we shouldn't be calling it, but like <laughs> is growing so quickly. And I think really what I mean to say is we're past the tipping point where it's, it's not even a thing. Like we're like, yeah, mm-hmm. which is super, super cool. And, and we never, like, I never wanted it to be a thing. And I think I remember talking to Catelyn about that. 
I said, I don't want this to be a podcast for women watch collectors. Yeah. I just want it to be just our point of view. For everybody. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we actually just had our first episode where we actually talked about ladies' watches for Mother's <laughs> Day. Right. It's like, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because we talk about everything and nothing is off limits yeah no for sure it's it's been a lot of fun and like you said it was very it was very organic um and I I think that it comes across I think it comes across that I mean Kat and I really are like have become the best of friends in the last like eight months Um, (laughs) ride or die yeah ride or die is a real thing (laughs) so so cool um but yeah it's definitely been fun and it's just I mean it's it's a fun story because we both go by cat and we found out like a couple months ago that we live like what you say like a, up like a block yeah a couple blocks away from each yeah. other Whoa. both in yeah. nashville yeah yeah both wow, in nashville that's crazy. just so there's so many similarities yeah it's not even funny Amazing. we are the same person we're so the same person. <laughs> we're the basically cats. what you're saying is it was written in the stars it was destined it had, it to, was be. Meant to, be. It had yeah. to be yeah our love story was meant to be Fantastic. this podcast was meant to be <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, before Cat, I would have never done anything. Well, like you this. were doing the Scottish watch. Like, like I had, I had been on Scottish watches. I think two or three times, like before you approached me. But that's only I got you because, before they did. <laughs> only because like Ricky and I have been such great friends for for so long through you know Facebook groups and things like that. So, um, and I just went on as like a co-host, like interview kind of thing i never thought that it, even that i had the worst audio ever like it was a whole shit show it was a disaster um and now like i do this regularly so you're a pro now uh no a glow up a glow up uh basically i just have cat i text her pictures of like my audio setup when we're not together and i'm like is this right yeah that that's super super cool i the amount of media the diversity of media and just the fact that there is real media like the era we were talking about earlier the the time factors dreadnought stuff like that there was no watch media like yeah now you can go even look for your niche within watch media which is just so crazy you absolutely can yeah yeah Super, Whatever super price cool. point you're looking at, you know, the Warner Wound guys do it really well with the under kind of like 5,000 range that they kind of stick with. And mm-hmm. you guys cover everything over um, at Houdinki. And then, um, yeah, everybody has their own take. You know, we talked to Josh and Vivi last week from Watchinista and I even their it, articles yeah. and their style. And it's really, it's really nice to get different takes on the same watch and yeah. the same news. And um, yeah, there's always something I find interesting about that. Yeah, even the same news. Like, I mean, obviously, we've all talked about Bosco World Tour blue in the face, but I like everybody's different perspective. And I don't know. It's just it's fun to listen to. Did you guys get to go when it was a thing? No. Oh, my we've God. We've never been to Bosco World. Oh, what a shame. Mm-mm. Or maybe no. not. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> well, we've talked about because we've had to cancel our trip to Scotland for mm-hmm. this year because of everything going on and work and all. Um, so we've talked about maybe doing Watches of Wonder next year. Mm, uh, like cool. the first big new Watches of Wonder with, you know, everybody on board and then hopping over to Scotland and London after that, maybe. So. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah. I I had uh, always wanted to go to Basel World. I've, you know. And then later in life, last year, I got to go one time. That was it. One time. Yep. You went First to and last. possibly the last Basel. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, like you saw the news that broke yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I don't know. I think it may, you never know. I, I may have gone to my first and last. So it was very cool. And it was uh, not at all what I expected having been a enthusiast, um, you know, getting a chance to look behind the curtain, all that. 
But here's something that's that I think should be said or is just interesting to think about. And I'm sure you guys have gotten the same sort of feedback. You'll hear commenters and so forth saying, okay, finally, that's great. They're figuring out the direct-to-consumer model or they can just talk directly to us or use digital channels. Like That's never what Basel World was about. It was never really about uh, uh, getting the watches to consumers. It, it was like, I think the fact that we're into watches, we look at them as a hobby, but we also forget that like they're a business for a ton of people. So Mm-hmm. Like everything, like hardware or uh, defense industry or whatever, there are industry conferences for medical stuff, right? Like every mm-hmm. single industry has an industry conference that that they have, and that's what this was. So that is interesting because, like, don't think of watches as your hobby; think of it as just another business. And now all of a sudden, it's not coordinated, and there's no you know central conference anymore, like that. Like, you know, you have the the UN summit or every, you know, there are. Yeah. yeah, So that is it's not really about like was Basel to get the information to consumers. No, it wasn't. It was about all the distributors, the retailers, this and that. Mm -hmm. So and that's I mean, that so that was kind of the thing I learned going to Basel is that it's not all about the watches. It's mainly about the business aspect. It's what you don't really see in the press. Yeah, and it's about the business side yeah. of things. Because the reality, and we see that even more so now, is you know events like that don't need to happen so that consumers can see watches and, and media can see watches. Like We all get the same press releases. They're going to send out press pieces anyways, especially to to publications like Kodinki and you know, a blog like watch. Like you guys. Your guys. Aww. <laughs> Yeah, way too sweet. Um, but yeah, like you don't. It's not needed for us, but for them, for their business. I mean, it's a, it is a necessity part for for them. So I think that's definitely a very good point. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But I, I hope, uh, I hope the trip to Watches and Wonders. I hope I see you guys there. You know, I'm. I think it'll yeah. be, it'll be cool. And there is a lot to be said about like for our job, right? So. Mm-hmm. Our job, yes, we are an intermediary between the PR people and the folks who are just want to tune into something to enjoy. Like we're not delivering <laughs> poli- like politics news or whatever. So it's 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 just something to enjoy. So yeah. But what I think is super mm, disappointing in a way is that a lot of little anecdotes get lost. Like yes, you, like you mentioned, we're all reading the same press releases, which let's face it, sometimes don't really tell us what we want to know, you know? No. so like <laughs> so, yeah and None of the story the cool thing was like back in in basel and so forth the designer the person who actually designed the watch is sitting right there and you can ask them questions yeah. that like pr people don't think to ask and that makes mm-hmm. for a great story so i think it it sometimes can make our job a little more difficult because we don't get the opportunity to get that natural off-the-cuff conversation and get those little anecdotes that really round out the narrative around a certain watch brand whatever so yeah that that's kind of why it's it's upsetting to me for me yeah, going to switzerland another time yeah switzerland's great but i like warmer countries that are a little more laid back anyway <laughs> but, but like really the sad part is we don't have access to these kind of stories we can't just ask the ceo like literally mm-hmm. ran into philippe dufour the other year ran in just and talked to you know all, all these characters that we talk about you can just yeah. go up and talk to them which now, what are you going to do? You can't, you know. So, I don't know. We'll see. You guys uh, came in to the scene at an inter- such a fascinating time that I think mm-hmm. what will be cool is to see, like, like operations like 10 and 2, where you have to quickly adapt. And you might be able to adapt quicker because you're not burdened by the old ways of doing things. So, let's see, you know. Could be true. Let's adapt. 
Let's adapt. Let's adapt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, as we sort of close up the show today, we want to do, I don't know if you've heard, but we've started this new thing with our guests where we ask like 10 really fast questions. Um, well, they're not fast questions, but you answer as fast as you can. Okay. Just a random kind of, I don't know, fun yeah there's like what some magazine does this where it's like rapid fire questions and they're yeah yeah it's totally not an original not, idea. not what's related at all okay Just, all right are you ready i am as ready as i'll ever be <laughs> <laughs> all right so favorite emoji mm, the atomic bomb head blowing up <laughs> <laughs> mind blown <laughs> yeah exactly mind blown yeah um beach or the mountains beach Coastal life. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Uh, time travel. Oh, that one hasn't been mentioned yet. That's a good one. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up? Pilot. Beetles or stones? Needles or stones, you said? Beetles or stones. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is it? Beetles or stones. Oh, I'm thinking like... <laughs> I'm thinking no, like literally... Not part of the opioid crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> um... Beetles or stones? Uh, probably stones for sure. Yeah. All right. Pizza or burgers? Pizza. Yeah. Yeah, you're like in in pizza capital of the world. Yeah, but well, I'm, of the United States, anyways. Well, let's just say the world. Let's be honest with ourselves. You know? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> all right. When we come to New York, like we we need to get the best pizza recommendations. Yeah. So that is sure. your responsibility. I no can, pressure. I'll, don't worry. I will deliver. <laughs> okay. All right, if you can be reincarnated as any animal, what would it be? Uh, an eagle, probably. I don't, sure, the patriotic eagle, sure, that's that's cool. But I think the uh, flight ability and the freedom of, of flight and getting a unique perspective, that or uh, one of these deep sea creatures, like the anglerfish <laughs> or, um, you know, the giant squid that can dive down. I think the giant squid. <laughs> I think getting a view to a part of the ocean that uh, is rarely seen would be would be fascinating. So I think those yeah. two animals. Very cool. Um, what is your secret talent? Ooh, I actually don't know. Um, a secret talent, like a hidden talent, like yeah, that like not a regular talent, just something random that's kind of unique to you. Um, I'll have to think about it. <laughs> I, I will follow up with you guys. I'm not sure. Okay. You know? <laughs> we'll include these in the show notes later. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Um, favorite snack? Um, favorite snack, maybe. I love ice cream, sure, but that's like not really a snack. And if, if that's a snack, then that, that could lead to it being a problem, I think. So, like a true. Uh, I mean, we live in the South, so <laughs> that's totally fine. All right. Why then, not? then, yeah. It's I, quarantine. There's no rules. You that's can true. Snack on whatever. And ho- just... hopefully that carries it to normal life, too. We don't have to follow these self imposed rules that make no sense. You should have ice cream whenever you want. So, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that. I really, really like good, good quality ice cream. And um, also, I love uh, beef jerky, too. I think it's yeah. fantastic. Agreed. All right, and last one, What? where's the first place you're going once stay-at-home is lifted? I guess this gets into a plan that I'm trying to, to do. Yeah, he's I'm, going somewhere regardless. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I will be, obviously, ethically, I'll follow the rules. Like, different places are opening at different times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, theoretically, you could be in a place that's open when where you came from wasn't necessarily open, something like that, you know? So Yeah, I mean, we're kind of open here. Um, yeah. My plan is potentially taking some watches and, and putting them through the paces and really, you know, you, you can sit there and talk about watches. I mean, 
not in the way we do on the podcast. I mean, like theoretically, oh, I would love to take this watch X, Y, and Z, or you can go do it. So I think uh, I'm going to go and go and do it. So load up a few watches, put them through the paces, use them what they were intended for. And uh, that will mean some geographic disparity, let's say. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm, pret- yeah, exactly. I'm particularly interested in the Ozarks. So I would, that's the answer to your question. Ozarks never, never Very been cool. there before. And I uh, want to check that out. What's your plan? Like, what are you going to do there? <sighs> well, hiking, I, you know, we're planners. So like, <laughs> yeah. um, my plan is to have a loose framework and fill it in. Cause obviously the situation is, uh, totally unpredictable right now. Who knows? Yeah, like, so be responsive. The plan is to be responsive and cognizant of the risks and overall situation of uh, the states and so forth. Mm-hmm. But uh, for something like, I don't know, let's say a, a field watch, take it camping, put it in the field. Yeah. Uh, for like the marathon, take it spearfishing in the Gulf, maybe. Uh, so A, the plan is to stay off the highway because my truck can't, it's not that fast. It's pretty slow. So use that as an excuse to follow the blue route, like, you know, the no interstates, just back roads all the way. If I have to catch a shower or whatever at a truck stop on the interstate, sure, dip on for, you know, as as little amount of time as possible. But really discover and see places while maintaining a isolation policy. Like what, what's interesting in New Jersey, at least people pump your gas for you in other places okay. in the country, which nope. Yeah, you pump your own gas. You don't have to see anybody, right? So go camping, stay away from people, use the watches as they were intended, and then uh, kind of figure it out as I go along. You know, that's it. That sounds fun. Does sound really. I think it's a great way. I mean, what else are you doing? You know, like I really wish, looking back, that I had done something and gone somewhere. Well, I think you weren't supposed to. to, (laughs) Well, no, but even to that sort of extent, like there's no, there's nothing wrong with just road tripping and staying kind of to yourself and. Um, yeah, I think the the interesting thing is that every like we're really a bunch of nations culturally in one and there is no one mm-hmm. size fits all policy like New York City. If I happen to I got out uh, Hodinkee, we, we shut our offices down like around March 11th or something. So I got out into the burbs and semi rural situation. So if I were in the city, I think, yeah, you really can't leave. It's it's a one way ticket. You're there. You're locked down. You're under quarantine. Right. That's it. Obviously, as you get to places where the population density is lower, the conditions change. And I think also as you move into the south, the conditions change and so forth. So my my idea is kind of just, mm, yeah, be mindful of all that and uh, and and get on the road and see what's up. And who knows? Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll see you all down there in Nashville, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your southern accent is so amazing. I love Thank it. you so much. <laughs> it, it's so good. So good. So yeah. Well, well definitely thank you for having me on. It's been a been a pleasure well, and, and an honor. Us. No, yeah, thank you for for coming on. It's been fun just to chat watches yeah. and and for being yeah. a supporter too. You yeah, reached you, out early on and Yeah, I think what you guys are are doing is so cool. It really is. So I'm I'm stoked to see where it goes too. We kind of think what you do is pretty cool too. So. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, thank you so much, and I, I hope I can continue to do that. And and uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, maybe I make it to Nashville by the time this is all over. Maybe it's completely stupid to think that this is going to be all over very soon. But yeah, uh, yeah. either way, I hope at we'll some see. point I get to uh, talk watches with you guys in the flesh and in the metal. Absolutely, For sure. one of these days. All right. So. 
I think with that being said, we are going to play a quick message from our friend Wes at Notice Watches, um, who is actually sponsoring a giveaway for the 10 and 2 podcast. Um, so we're really excited. There will be a post on our Instagram with all of the details, but essentially you're just going to find this post. It, it's the regular Instagram giveaway. Tag three friends in it. The winner needs to follow 10 and 2 and notice. And it's basically going on until June 1st, but the watch that they are giving away is going to be the snowy retrospect. I have the silver retrospect and I absolutely love this watch. So it's a phenomenal piece. So um, you'll hear this message from Wes. Hey, 10 and 2 listeners, this is Wes from Notice Watches checking in. First of all, I hope you're all doing well during these strange times. There's nothing we want more than for the world to go back to normal. But until that happens, we want to do our part to keep it spinning. Special thanks goes out to the girls over at 10 and 2 for partnering with us on this giveaway. We understand that the world is in turmoil, and at times like this, it's important to remember the things that bring us together. Watches have always played an important part in our lives, as I'm sure it has yours. That is why we decide to give away a Retrospect 2 to a lucky member of the watch community. To whoever wins this Retrospect, hope you enjoy it, hope you wear it in good health. And to everyone else that enters, your support always goes a long way. But these days, it goes just a little bit further. Stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands. All right, guys, and that is it for our show today. Make sure you head over to our website, www.tenandtwo.com, and it will have all of the show notes of the watches that we spoke about with Cole. Um, follow us over on Instagram, and that is all. That's it. All right. Y'all have a great day. Stay safe. Bye, Cole. Bye. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> yes. <laughs>